This episode of Talk Central is brought to you by Pinnacle, Africa's top ICT distribution business, delivering the exceptional every time. I'm Rechard van der And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 225 for the week starting 8 July 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, SA's premier tech news website and podcast network. On Talk Central this week, we talk all things home automation with our special guest, Glenn Varan. In the news this week, Terraco to pump another 1 billion rand into data center expansion and Telcom's new low-cost voice bundles. It's Sunday. We're live on live.techcentral.co.za and it's time to talk everything technology. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rehart? And welcome, oh. Glenn. How's it? How's, oh, it? how's it? How's it? I'm glad to, glad to be on the show. Well, right. well, welcome to the show. Glenn, uh, for those who don't know, is a, a veteran of podcasting in South Africa. Glenn, you must have had one of the first podcasts ever to launch in this country. Yeah, I mean, um, we started the ZA show on the 17th of July 2005. And actually, uh, at the wow. time uh, when I checked, uh, you know, just uh, Googled around, I think we were about to th- the third or, th- or so, um, because I think there was about a, a one or two podcasts that emanated from outside South Africa, um, focusing on, on, you know, in the Afrikaans uh, side of things. Right. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's basically one of the first, and it's, it's been really, really quite a road, those four and a half years when we did the ZA show. Yeah. Are you still involved in podcasting at all? Is, is that in the past? No, I'm not, sadly. <laughs> um, look, we, we decided to end the show uh, late 2009. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, it was, you know, the, the, all, all good things uh, must come to, to an end, you know, and we decided it was time to end the show. You know, life gets in the way and, t- and, and stuff like that. But I'm still a very avid listener of podcasts. Um, I think that makes up most of my content that I listen to in, mm. on the commute. So uh, I'm still very, very, uh, I keep an eye on the, on the scene. And, and it's really nice to see that it's grown quite a lot in South Africa since, since those days. Yeah, for sure. So, Glenn, you're based uh, down in Cape Town. Is it in, you living in Constantia? Is that right? No, no, no. I'm not that lucky. <laughs> no, I live in in um, in uh, the Greater Tableview area in Parkland, so on the west, on the sort of west coast, I guess one can call it that. Okay. So as I'm as I'm sitting outside, on, you know, in my upstairs office, I can see Table Mountain. It's a beautiful day today, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of many people out there taking advantage of the good weather. Oh, it sounds lovely. We're shivering up here in Johannesburg. It's overcast and it's about 12 <laughs> <You>. degrees. <laughs> um, so uh, enjoy enjoy the good weather before that next cold front comes through. Um, so, Glenn, yeah, w- w- tell us a bit more about yourself. What's your background and what do you do for a living? Um, I, I work for a company uh, that I'm in, I'm in the fintech business. Um, I've been in I've the business now for the last uh, 18 or so years. Um, I'm a software engineer um, doing Java development, but um, you know, focusing on payment. So that, that is my, my expertise is payment. So getting that transaction all the way from that point of sale all the way through, uh, through a payment service provider to the acquiring banks, through a clearinghouse, and straight to the issuer. So you know, that, that, is, that is where my strengths are. So that industry I, I know fairly well and, and so forth. Yeah, that's, okay. I must say, it's a really nice um, industry to be in. Okay, great and, uh, stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. So we, we've got you on the show today. You've been a long-time listener to Talk Central and to the Tech Central podcast. So thanks for being a, a keen listener to the show. Um, and it's great to have one of our listeners on as a guest. And we're going to be talking to you today about home entertainment. You've done some interesting things. I think we mentioned in a show a week or two back that you had uh, bought the NVIDIA Shield. Um, and I want to hear all about that on the show today. And you're also involved in some home automation projects, which uh, which I'm sure will be of great interest to our listeners. Um, so we're going to hear more about um, what it is exactly you've done in your home, and uh, maybe um, some of our listeners will be able to take some learnings from that in some of their own projects. So really looking forward to chatting today. But before we get into that conversation, Rechard, should we do this week's quiz? Yes, let's get into it. Uh, which U.S. wireless smart speaker company this week announced plans for an initial public offering? And a New Zealand court this week said the founder of MegaUpload.com could be extradited to the U.S. Who is he? Third question. Which African country has started taxing Internet users to access Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms? And Vodacom this weekend showed off the capabilities of 5G technology at which sporting event? And the final question. Telecommunications infrastructure player Fiberco has announced plans to build fiber into towns along its national fiber routes. Which town is it targeting first? 
And as always, we'll get to the answers to the quiz at the end of the show. Just a reminder, we do record live on Sunday afternoons at around 1 p.m. If you'd like to be included on the show, please do send us a WhatsApp voice note. We'd love to hear from you. Our number or the number to use for that is 071-999-1111. Keep those voice notes coming. Uh, We'll play them back on the show. You can send them anytime during the week and we'll include them live when we record on Sunday afternoons. Uh, we uh, just a bit of admin. We were giving away door ring doorbells over the last two episodes, and uh, we have the winners in that uh, competition. Uh, our first winner was a fellow podcaster by the name of Jonathan Witt from Johannesburg, uh, who uh, who won that prize. And then I'm just firing up the phone here, the WhatsApp phone in front of me here, to find out who the name of the second one because I haven't written it down. Uh, our second winner was from Cape Town. And his name was, um, why is his name not showing up here? Glenn, Glenn Varen. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got my hopes up so high there. So I really would like one of those. <laughs> yeah, what a fantastic product. I mean, we're talking specifically with uh, the home automation, Glenn, and I'm, I would like to get your inputs on this later. But um, yeah. mm, what, a cool, what a cool little gadget, I think. But uh, our, second, our second winner this week is Raymond Myberg from Bergfleet in Cape Town. So congratulations to Raymond and Jonathan on uh, winning that prize. If you haven't received it yet, it should be with you very soon. So, Glenn, um, you are, um, I, I guess it's fair to call you a, a, a hardcore geek. You, um, you, you're you doing some really, really interesting stuff. Uh, first, firstly, in terms of uh, home entertainment systems, um, you're the first person I've ever come across who's bought an NVIDIA Shield, and I want to hear all about that and what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also, I believe, doing some interesting stuff around home automation. But let's talk about the entertainment side of things first. Uh, you, um, you've done a lot of research. In fact, you, you sent me a rather detailed email about um, your, your thinking around uh, buying the NVIDIA Shield. And you said there are only four streaming boxes nowadays that are worth considering. The NVIDIA Shield, the Apple TV, the Amazon Fire TV Cube, and the Roku device. Um, so you've got the Shield. How long have you had it now? I think I've had it now for a week now. And I must say, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's a really, really great device. And, and, I, and I just, just to give a bit of a background where I came from, now I decided last year, actually around about this time, that I, it was time to get a, a device that I can use to play YouTube and Netflix and whatever the case is. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, looking at the budget, you, you look at the, at the devices like the NVIDIA Shield and all that, oh, it's a bit expensive, you know. And, um, and also, uh, the, the Shield is not officially available in South Africa. So, so then I decided, okay, let's just give one of these Android boxes a shot, you know, just let's try it out. So I, I managed to get one of those, um, managed to find some uh, custom firmware that I put onto it that, give me, that gives me the Google TV uh, or the Android, Android TV um, experience. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, soon after I just found that this box was just not cutting it. Um, the, the, the Ethernet uh, connector would, would, um, would virtually die after 24 hours and you've got to reboot the box every day. The Wi-Fi, so then you would fall back to Wi-Fi and then you're back to the mercies of Wi-Fi, you know, mm. the, the, the distance from the access point and stuff like that. And really, my, my, my dear wife was really frustrated, you know, um, with this box because, you know, things would just buffer and it was just not a great experience. And I decided that's it. And I think this is when I sent you the, 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 the audio comment. That's it. I'm going to pull the plug on this one, and I'm going to I'm going to go. So, so essentially, um, you know, the Nvidia Shield is 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 obviously manufactured by Nvidia, as we know, the guys behind all those really great graphics cards and expensive and, graphics cards. <laughs> yeah, very expensive graphics cards as well. The thing is, a lot of these Android boxes have uh, generally one of two processes: either the Rock uh, the Rock chip or the ML Logic chips. And and here's the Shield coming in with a completely different chip, um, mm-hmm. the, the the Tegra X1, which is Nvidia's own um, mobile processor, or whatever one can call it. That. Um, so, in any case, and um, so I was really impressed by the the, the performance of. The, I mean, watched all the YouTube videos and you know read all the reviews and and so forth. And I was really really impressed. Because the, the 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 benchmarking that a lot of these guys have done is this box just up. And we a box that was released in 2015. I mean, that's four years ago. And when they re-released it in 2017, they just made the enclosure smaller, so the hardware itself didn't change whatsoever. So you know, then obviously you, you got the Apple TV, and and you know, if you look at 
the Android boxes, they've, they've got an advantage where you can download apps from the Play Store, but also, you know, Android being Android, you can uh, download stuff that's not in the Play Store, which is always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about that flexibility that I wanted um, and, and, and so forth. So I thought uh, I could have gone with the Amazon, um, the, 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 the Fire TV Cube, because, I mean, I've got about four Echoes in the house, and it would have been quite appropriate to have it because I can just um, – you know, bark out some commands to tell uh, uh, the the lady whose name we shall not mention on the show because otherwise my echo will go off <laughs> to go and turn the TV on, um, which is always very convenient. Um, so uh, I decided that's it. And and of course, the Apple TV is I've I've got a third generation one and I really liked it. Um, but uh, you know, I decided it was now time to to move away from from the Apple ecosystem a bit, and and I think I'm very glad I did that. Mm -hmm. But in any case, the Shield is here. It's been doing duty now for a week now, and and obviously the – because the thing is Google Android has got the Android TV experience, and and basically the Shield is one of literally a handful of boxes that have been certified by Google. So you've got the the, the Mi Box from Xiaomi. You've got a a, a line of Sony TVs. Um, there's a third box I can't remember its name off the. T- and then of course they also certify boxes like the Telcom Lit. Uh, the Telcom Lit box is also running Android TV, which is also certified by Google. Um, but the nice thing is is that the vendors of the different applications certify them as well to work on that device. So uh, the the box is capable of of 4K HDR, so it's got an nice. HDMI 2.0. A port HDCP 2.2. It can support Dolby Atmos if you've got it. So everything is there. The apps, uh, YouTube, uh, Amazon Prime, you name it. The apps, the the vendors actually have certified that the apps will work uh, on that device. So for me, that was a, a, a major, major plus. Yes, I don't have that nice fancy 4K TV, but it's always nice to know that uh, when the day comes that I do upgrade, that the box will be able to handle it, which I think is is for me quite important. Um, and then, of course, it's just got the Oreo update, um, nice. which, uh, the, yeah, which is nice. And the the user interface is really, really snappy. It's it's. So is it in, is it Nvidia's interface, or is it more of an Android TV type interface? No, it's an Android TV interface. Mm-hmm. So if you if you go and look at the um, the Mi Box from from Xiaomi, and you go and I've seen the YouTube videos, the the Android the, the interface is exactly the same. But the nice thing about the Shield is that you now have the gaming element to it. So. You've got access to the, the GeForce online um, game streaming service. And I must say, I was actually this morning playing uh, a Tomb Raider this morning uh, through that, and I was really, really impressed. It worked very well. It was actually quite funny, you know, us with our nice fast fiber links and all that stuff that checks to see if your line is okay. Mm-hmm. Mine failed because of, of the fact that I had 150 millis- millisecond ping oh, time. No. Which I'm, which I, which, but then what it does, it just takes your resolution down to 720p from 1080p, you know, like, you know, like that's really a <laughs> deal breaker of note, you know. But uh, the games were really playable and, you know, I try to play some fast action games, you know, simple like uh, Sonic Racer and those type of things which are quite fast action works really, really superbly. I was very, very impressed. It's, a, it's inter- interesting to hear that because um, mm. one hopes that NVIDIA is going to put down some infrastructure here in Terraco or something similar in due course to to, um, to deal with that issue. But the Shield isn't officially supported in South Africa, is it? No, 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 it's not. Mm. Um, you can buy them locally from uh, from people that obviously import them like GWiz and those guys. Um, you know, they, they, they go for about uh, just at four and a half, uh, I think four and a half, 4,600 rand or so. Mm-hmm. So you can get them, but obviously it comes at a price. Um, I ordered directly from Amazon in the US. Um, so because also I needed to, because my home theater receiver is like 18 years old. So it doesn't have HDMI. So oh, since word. the Shield doesn't have, yeah, the Shield doesn't have an optical out. So I had to uh, order a separate breakout box just to get the audio to the receiver and then the, the Shield plugs directly into the TV. So, you know, <laughs> always so, yeah, but it was, yeah, of course. I couldn't agree more there, Rechard. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think of update, upgrading the amp at the same time. I would love to upgrade the amp, and I really want to do it as soon as possible. But luckily, the amount of devices that I'm connecting to it nowadays is reduced because uh, now you've just got your DSTV and the Shield, and that's yes. it. Yes. Um, the Xbox has moved to the TV in the pub. That's where my son likes to play Fortnite so that he can uh, <laughs> so, so less devices. But, yeah, I need to upgrade the amp. It really is in dire need. Yeah. Is your son not… Interest- Sorry, Rachel. Sorry, sorry, Duncan. Interesting that you still got DSTV. You haven't decided about uh, cord cutting. Yeah. Actually, Rechot, that is that is actually one of the big reasons why we bought the Shield is because we were 
we, we are considering it. I mean, my wife was telling me that, you know, why do we still have it? And I said, well, look, we, we, we have it because of the sport. Um, but, true, but what true. I also did over the last week is I've been using the DSTV Now app a hell of a lot, a lot more than what I thought I would use it. And, and I mean, the quality is, 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 is what it's, – it's fine. It's actually bearable. It's not – you know, because I can see they have um, really put some effort into making sure that it is um, – sort of relatively close to HD and, and so forth. It's not nearly as good as satellite. I mean, the satellite stream is still the, the best that you can get. Yeah, you still have to but, give satellite credit for that. I mean, full 4K uh, sport on a nice TV, I mean, it's a pretty special experience. You, don't, you can't replicate that with streaming at the moment. No, and I must say, uh, from what a lot of people have said, I mean, streaming in 4K, especially from Netflix, is, is, is actually really good, it's, especially sure. with HDR and all yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the DSTV Now app is, is you know, we're giving it a try, and I think it's, it's going to work out for us. Um, so that's something that we, we, we're seriously considering. Using it's, someone uh, else's credentials. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> is, is there a WhatsApp group or something where we, 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 we actually join it? <laughs> yeah, luckily, yeah, luckily, my mom is. Uh, she's an avid uh, DSTV subscriber, so um, I think sure a lot of people are doing that. I think a lot of people yeah. are doing that actually. And yeah. the thing is, there's nothing really that multi-choice can do. They can't police it because yeah. how do they know where that stream comes from or whatever the case is? But, yes, uh, you know. But it, do they lock it down yeah. at all to like two users or two devices? Uh, uh, five devices, I believe. Um, okay. So okay. yeah, five devices. So it's, it's something. Five. Yeah, but also. Okay. Yeah, it's five devices. So if you've got uh, you know multiple TVs in your house, um, get five boxes and you're good to go. Plus, obviously, you've got your phone, which is always handy mm. when you're out on the on the move to be able to catch that uh, rugby game or so forth. That is interesting, um, mm. Richard. If you could boost your volume slightly, you have gone a, a little bit quiet on your side. Is this a little bit better now? Yeah, that sounds a bit better. Um, but I wanted to ask. So the, so the DSTV now app, Glenn, works um, works on the Nvidia Shield. You can just get it straight from the Play Store, can you? Yes, you can. Um, the thing is what MultiChoice did uh, quite recently is they've locked down the DSTV Now app so that you can only download it on certified Google devices or, or um, Android TV devices. So essentially that, that basically brings that Understood. number down to the Telcom Lit box, the Mi box and Xiaomi's uh, uh, the, the Shield and obviously select Sony TVs. Um, and I must say, the interface is really, it's a, it's a really nice interface. I mean, I'm, I've been using it on the phone and so forth, but it I just like the way they've categorized the different channels so you can get to a channel quite easily mm, and, and mm. even the catch-up content and so forth works really well. Yeah. So they, I've got to give them some credit. You know, they've been getting a lot of flack, flack you know, because of the price, because of, you know, all these different uh, things that have been plaguing them. They're so late to the market with, with a streaming-only product and so forth. But uh, they did a good job on this one. I've got to give them some credit mm -hmm. uh, in that. Okay. And uh, tell us a bit more about the NVIDIA Shield. What is the remote control like? Is it easy to use? What does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> the remote is, is okay. Look, um, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at remote design, you usually have the, the up, down, left, right arrow, and in the, in the center of those arrows is the OK button, and your back button is usually either uh, a top left or bottom left, or some people put it bottom right. There's no real consistency. So I'm used to the, the back button being top left because that's what my Harmony remote has. So I keep on grabbing the remote, you know, uh, and suddenly I'm pushing a button and, and it's the button that you use to, to bark commands at it, you know, like, uh, you know, to fire up the Google, Google Assistant and then I've like, got to cancel and then I've got to move my finger up to go and find the actual button to control it. So it's, 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 it takes a bit getting used to. Um, the, the only thing that I didn't realize about the Shield is that it doesn't have an IR uh, receiver, an infrared receiver, so oh. I can't control it with my, my Harmony One, which I was a bit disappointed with, hmm. but, you know, back to having two remotes uh, juggling two remotes but um you know again like like i want to do with all the other things i'd like to do is get the harmony elite and hub and that's that's the one that you can um, control uh, the shield and obviously all your devices with and mm -hmm. you know not with infrared but with um, an ip control so it controls the shield with ip control which is quite nice, nice. and then of course yeah. it's got uh, amazon echo integration and google home and you can tell it to turn the tv on and all those type of fun stuff so uh, <laughs> that's something that i would like to do yeah yeah yeah, interesting. And there, is there an app for Android that you can, or for your iPhone for that matter, that you can control the box with? No, no, there's no, no app. Um, no, you just control it straight with the remote, yeah. But, I mean, for me, that's fine. You know, I, yeah. you know it's, it's amazing when you talk about remote controls and how people tend to 
um, neglect the fact that the buttons, the physical buttons on the remote are probably such an important feature of remote. You know, people, many, many people have gone the tablet route where you've got a, a remote app on, the, on your tablet um, and you use that to control your system. I mean, there's, there's a couple out there that you can do it with, but mm. there's just nothing like that tactile feedback, you know, because you're not looking at the remote. You need to find the button to t- turn the volume up or down, and it's just a lot easier uh, with, with a tactile mm. remote, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, tell us what apps are you running on the Shield? Um, currently, I've just got uh, you know the, the the standard streaming apps, so YouTube, Netflix, uh, DSTV Now, um, and then of course um, every device that I ever get. Uh, one of the first apps I put on is Spotify. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> that that obviously because the, the Shield is connected to the to the main um, system, so I've got to have some you know when when you need to play music, I. I fire up the Spotify and, and I must say Spotify Connect is just an amazing technology. It's just yeah. a game changer if I have to say that. Spotify Connect, what is that again? Um, Spotify Connect is so basically when you are running Spotify on your phone and you tap the little, um, I think it's a little button, the little dots at the bottom or other devices and you can see all the different devices that oh, you can play yes. Spotify on. Yes. So, and then I mean, all the echoes and, 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 of course, all the TVs will appear in that list. So I can say, okay, I tap on echo in the bedroom and it will play it, or echo in the kitchen. Or I've got a, an everywhere, uh, and it's all the echoes. Like, um, so I say, mm. just play Spotify everywhere, and all the echoes start playing music. Nice, or I can nice. say, now I'm going to play in the living room, and I tap on the living room, and then that works fine. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. <laughs> it, it is a game changer in terms of online streaming services. It yeah. really is. Nobody yeah, else is doing it. It puts them way above everybody else. Yeah, it mm. does, definitely. Fantastic. And do you use Plex at all as a matter of interest? Have you looked at Plex? Oh, yes. Yes, I do, actually. Yeah, um, yeah Plex, is, again, it's just yeah. um, amazing. I mean, the experience on the Shield, is, is, uh, it just works perfectly. I mean, I, I run the Plex server on my, on my, uh, my computer upstairs, so that's got uh, you know, any downloaded content. That's how I stream the downloaded content. Um, but the, the Shield also has a Plex server on it as well, which is, again, one of the only devices that has it. Um, so if you have a, a hard drive full of content on you just plug it into the usb port point the plex server to it boom you're done mm, so mm. you know that's for those that don't have a, a nas or a, a dedicated machine or even a just a standard pc running a plex server you know so it really works superbly well i'm yeah. very impressed and i mean even i mean with the old android box i couldn't get dolby digital through at all it just wouldn't work and i fired up a, a, a movie boom i got dolby digital through it just worked mm. out of the box yeah so you're a bit like me, Glenn. You you run a range of platforms. I mean, I've got iOS devices here, Android devices, Windows PCs, um, uh, probably uh, I think I've got some Linux running around here somewhere. Um, so um, it, it's a pretty heterogeneous environment. A lot of a lot of people swear by going going for one particular um, platform. So particularly Apple users, I find, uh, will say, well, if you've got an iPhone, you've got to have the Apple TV and the Apple Watch and the MacBook and the iPad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, running multiple platforms in your home environment uh, where you're trying to interconnect all of these things, does it make life very difficult or do you find it's relatively trivial to get them all to talk nicely to each other? Um, look, um, you know, I've, I was a big Apple um, sort of uh, um, evangelist, um, you know, a few years ago, you know, especially with Apple that, that brought out AirPlay. I mean, AirPlay was, at uh, those years back, was really a game changer because you had the Airport Express devices, you got your Apple TV, so you run iTunes on your computer and you say to it, okay, these are all the devices, now play music and you've got a, you've got a whole house audio all yeah. done. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it really was a simple process to set up and you've got the remote control app on your phone to control the music and so forth. But, you know, things have changed. Um, you know, Apple's no longer going to do the Airport Expresses. So that's one device down. Mm. Um, they're very much relying on their HomePod now and 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 for me that the HomePod is uh, not, not interested, to be blatantly honest. Why but, not? I, this, uh, besides the price, I mean, it's quite an expensive device, but it it really, um, you know, it, it, again, it doesn't support Spotify natively. Mm, right. You know, it's it's Apple Music or nothing. So that that for me was a deal breaker. If it if if I can't do Spotify on the device, that's it. I'm not not interested. The walls in the walled so, garden are getting too high for you. The, the, yeah, they were getting too high. And and the thing is, I wanted with when Spotify came out, was it earlier this year? I needed. I needed that whole house audio solution. I wasn't, and you know, to try and set up something on the computer, to try and push audio to to all the devices, to all the echoes and so forth, was it, it was just not possible. I, and so, luckily, with uh, what somehow the, the, the Amazon Echoes found me for that matter. 
<laughs> because uh, a friend of mine in the US, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, actually they, they run a podcast called the Home Theater and HDTV podcast. Have you listened? They've been up since 2005 and they're still going today and we, we're very much in touch. So he decided he was going to get rid of his echoes and I sent him a mail, said, hey, just uh, pop them in the mail and send them to me, you know. <laughs> so and, and then my whole house audio situation was sorted. You know, I've got one connected to the amp in the pub, which feeds the speakers where my bra area is. I've got one in the kitchen. I've got my uh, the, the 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 echo um, spot in the in the bedroom, and then of course I've got an echo upstairs. Yeah. And I and I got audio where I where everywhere in the house, which is really great. So, uh, you know, so that that's that's where. So going getting away from the Apple, doing the Apple way of doing things, it's been a, just a game changer because yeah. of the fact that um, that convenience of. I mean, Spotify in itself, because that for me was a big game changer. Yeah. And is Alexa working for you here and in South Africa? Works brilliantly. You know, what yeah. happened was when I, I got my first, uh, the first Echo for Christmas um, uh, and I hooked it up and, and tr- set it up and I couldn't choose uh, South Africa, but I could choose Namibia for some reason. <laughs> How bizarre. <laughs> they are very bizarre, you know. <laughs> and um, so in any case, uh, um, uh, in the new year, I... I went online to go and search to see how we can make this thing work in South Africa, and there was some hack that you could do. But, and then for some reason, I actually went back into the Alexa app. Or I shouldn't say that. Probably find everybody's echoes <laughs> now. I went into the app, and then, boom, I can now choose South Africa. That was great. And I put in my location details, so at least when I say uh, ask for the weather, it'll give me the weather of my current location. So I thought, wow, that, that's it. They've, they've got this the situation sorted. So yeah. clearly Amazon in the background has been making sure that the echoes will work in different countries, although they're not officially available here. They don't ever, they're not get, they don't get sold here officially, but um, you know, you can buy them online again from, mm. from, uh, you know, companies about a thousand two hundred i think for the for the echo uh, dot yeah yeah so yeah now they work brilliantly i'm very yeah. impressed yeah mm. so what did you say i mustn't say hey alexa yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you've got, you got headphones on there so <laughs> that's not good yeah all. luckily but also a lot of a uh, lot of uh, people that are listening um that's quite it's quite amazing when you listen to other podcasts they always try and uh, sort of veer away from using the wake word because uh yes. you know suddenly everybody's like echo start uh, popping up start yeah. going off yeah <laughs> i was i was listening to another podcast the other day i think it was leo laporte's or so or, um, one of the twit podcasts and uh, he said hey google and uh of course my phone woke up. Uh, it's it's <laughs> yeah, nice to be trained for your voice, but uh, apparently not very well. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, um, the, you know that, and the Google Home. Uh, you know, the Google Home is, is a device we should not um, forget about because it's yeah. also making such a lot of uh, impact. You know, into this whole intelligent assistance and and so forth. Really, also a great device. Mm, great stuff. So I wanted to talk, Glenn, to you about your home automation project as well, which I don't know much about. You sent me a lot of detail on, on the, um, what you're doing with home entertainment, but uh, you're also, I believe, working on some home automation stuff and doing some uh, investigating there. Um, tell us more about that. Oh, I tell you that it's, um, I'm still very much in my early stages of my home automation journey, but I think I've overcome, um, you know, the big, what's the big thing about um, home automation is what platform do you choose to control all your devices? Yeah, and um, you know, for instance, uh, you know, I, I, I've been I've been monitoring or been looking at home automation for many many years now, and I mean the the three companies that dominate home automation is Control Four, Crestron, and Savant, um, but th- those systems are are installed by a certified professional they come in they get your requirements they set up the whole thing they program it for you based on your requirements and you pay a bucket load of money for it Mm -hmm. um but they are great systems they really i mean a friend of mine just installed a control four into his house now and um for his lighting and so forth and it's you know so i've got some time to i've got a bit of time to play with it and it's a really really nice uh, system you know it's, it's got they've got their own hardware they can talk to other hardware so you can see there's a lot of uh, R&D and, and, and effort that goes into such systems. And, and you know, and, and again, those, those are very much towards the type of person that, that is not technical, that is not, doesn't have the time to tinker and play and try things. And so they just want someone to come and set it up for them and walk away and maybe pay, maybe get them to change little things here and there. And, you know, so the, the consumerization of home automation is really, really Come, become a lot more prevalent over the last couple of years, especially with the introduction of, of the Amazon Echo and the Google Home devices, because that is where a lot of people that are 
getting into home automation are uh, buying devices like smart light bulbs and obviously mm. the, the Harmony Elites and all those type of things. And the, the Echo and the Google Home can talk to these devices so you can bark out commands to turn off lights. You can set up routines and schedules so that it will turn on lights or do something at a, when you give it the command or whether you're uh, at a specific time. Or, so really that consumerization has really, really come into the fray. Now, of course, if you want to go a lot more than that, you know, where you want to now get really stuck in to make the automations truly automated, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, home automation is not about barking commands at a, at a digital assistant. It's about things happening in your home automatically without you, without your, your input or yeah. with very little of your input. And I think that is one sort of grounding philosophy that people need to keep in mind. Yes, I, we can start off by by doing the echoes and the Google Homes and barking commands at them and, and to turn on lights and so forth, which is, but I always see them as a secondary, it's like a, you know, it's a secondary action. You know, mm. if I'm, if that light is not on, uh, by the time I walk into the room, um, I must be able to tell someone to turn it on or even uh, turn on a physical light switch to turn it on. So, you know, so, and that's where my, the platform that I chose is a, an open source uh, home automation platform called Home Assistant. And, it is, I mean, there's this really smart guy. His name is Paulus uh, Schutzen, and he decided he also had all these devices and they couldn't talk to one another and he couldn't control them. And he developed this platform. And, it's, and I think over the last three or four years, it's really matured. It supports over a thousand different uh, devices and components. Um, it's easy to set up. And of course, you still need a bit of technical know how to, to get it up and running because you still have to dig in some, into con configuration files and so forth. But I think once you've got it, sorted it just works and 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 it's running on a raspberry pi at the moment and um and currently it's just controlling my outside front lights so mm -hmm. um currently i've got uh, I'm, i've grabbed uh two xiaomi uh i mean xiaomi is just an amazing company they make everything <laughs> and they make the yi light and the yi light is a is a color changing light bulb so you and it's a, it's a e27 you know like the the threaded socket um, pop those in the front and every day when the sun goes down, because the home assistant, you can say to it, when the sun goes down, turn on the lights. When the sun comes up, turn off the lights. So you don't have to worry about changing times as we approach summer or as we approach winter. It, just, it knows when the sun sets. It, it yeah. knows when the sun sets and when it comes up. So those are the two where, lights. Where do you get then, those bulbs? Where do you get those? Are they available locally? At, yeah, I mean, you can order them from Gearbest, um, but I know that I got mine from a guy. I went on Gumtree and I found a guy in, in Pretoria somewhere who also imports them. So I just and they're, and they're actually so affordable. I mean, if you look at Philips Hue, I mean, Philips Hue is just it's expensive, you know. Plus, you're buying into an ecosystem, you know, with their hub and all that stuff. Mm. So I mean, the the Xiaomi wheel uh, year lights are about 330 rand each. You know, it's really oh, yeah. and and they last. And of course, you know, I'm not going to go and, um, you know, tell the lights to go and turn uh, green and red when they come on every night. So they just go warm white. <laughs> but actually what I did last night Come on, night you want a is, disco in your garden. You know, actually I can. I can set them to strobe and actually they'll strobe in the front house. It's quite fun <laughs> to watch. And um, so last night after England, uh, you know, beat, uh, um, uh, I think, where did they play? Croatia or something? I can't remember. Um, I didn't I just watch turned one of the yeah, I, I turned the one light uh, red and the other one light white. Uh -huh. And I posted on Facebook, this is for you, England. <laughs> <laughs> or when That's the Springboks win a, win a rugby game, I turn them green, you know, just for the fun of it. It's always quite, yeah. Perfectly le was, legitimate use of the technology. <laughs> and my wife just like sinks her head like, oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, and then, but, um, you know, I mean, that's currently the start, but um, you know, I've, the, the, in terms of lighting, smart lighting within the house, and now there I've chosen to go with a, a company, they actually, they're Cape Town based called Quick Switch. Mm -hmm. They're actually around the corner from where I work, so it, it's quite nice, they're so, so close, so if I need stuff, I can just go there and grab. And um, they make a series of, of relays and dimmer relays and sensors and so forth that um that obviously you uh, and what i like about their product is that the when you turn the light on via a, a, a light switch and they, what they do is they've got a flat it looks like a flat light switch 
um, it's, you can get a, a two and a four gang um, light switch. And it's a flat. So basically you can put it anywhere in your house. You know, if you want to take the existing light switches out, pop it in, it'll be fine. It's a two by four size. And it transmits. So when you push the button, it transmits over RF, radio frequency, to the receiver uh, that will then turn the light on or off or dimmer to whatever the case is. Um, you know, because... Again, there are a lot of devices that have come out. Uh, there's another company called Sonoff, which is very, very popular as well. But um, the, 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 the problem with some of these devices is that you still need that physical light switch. And that's what I still believe. You have to have that physical light switch, even if it is a smart light switch. You know, because you're going to have people coming to your house. They, they're not necessarily going to know which command to ask the echo to turn the lights on or they don't have your phone. Or, so they need to push a button. So push button sends a... Uh, sends a command to the relay. It will then turn off the the light or turn it on and so forth. Then obviously bring this all into Home Assistant. Now suddenly you can uh, really go to town with this. Uh, at, at the end of the day, it's your creativity that really is is your 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 stepping point. So uh, it's amazing, you know, when the sun goes down and if uh, a certain person is in a uh, or a certain device is on, turn that light on, for instance. So. It's it's really it's amazing what one can do. I, I, mean, presume, I presume you could. Um, I mean, these are a lot of what they call if TTT or uh, if that then then that rules, and there are lots of those apps available. I presume you are, could yes. use an IF Triple T app to create all sorts of interesting rules, uh, depending on what you want to do. You can. Um, the thing is, obviously, Home Assistant is um, the idea with ho- with Home Assistant specifically is that it should not rely on the cloud to execute commands. Okay. So. Um, and then that's just the whole philosophy. You could obviously access it from outside your network um, or in, in that way. But the idea is it should not rely on, an, on a cloud-based service to, um, to, to control it. So, and that was what, what I liked about Quick Switch specifically is that if there is no internet, the lights will still work. So that, that I thought was quite cool. But, um, you know, and there's uh, actually another platform that a, a guy I know who lives in our area has built, which actually is cloud-based. It's, a, it's called HomeBot, and he's built uh, integrated with services like if then, if I, I, if triple T and, and so forth to also enact home automation. And like I said, it works as well very, very well. And, and he's also integrated using the quick switch uh, mm-hmm. system as well. Great. Yeah. Now I must say this this home automation thing. They say it's uh, it's like crack when you start and, <laughs> and you, you can't stop. You know, because I mean, one of the one of the things that I want to also do is that my son has this tendency that when he's finished playing um, Xbox in the pub, he doesn't turn the light off. So I wrote an automation that when he turns the, the TV off, uh, thirty seconds later the the lights all turn off. Um, and what's nice is that the TV downstairs is a um, – it's an LG. It's running WebOS, and Home Assistant has native integration to WebOS. So it knows when the TV gets turned on and off. Yeah. So he turns it off. I wait 30 seconds. Clip, the lights go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very so, cool. so there's a lot of fun things that one can do. It's, it sounds like the ultimate aim here is to never get out of your comfy chair. <laughs> yeah, that's what many people say. Uh, you lazy guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you just need to build a robot that can fetch the beer from the fridge. Oh, yeah, I was no, just that, about that. to say exactly the same thing. So what <laughs> technology I, I can you agree more. for that? Well, nowadays these guys have integrated into the Roomba vacuum cleaners and so forth. So I guess oh. they're getting there. Sorry, carry on. I think the real solution to that uh, beer fetching robot problem is not to get the robot to do it, but to get it a, a system of like a delivery system to bring it to you from wherever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like in a, in a, in a fridge system in the roof and it just drops it down for you. <laughs> Less tech sometimes works better, I think. I'm surprised you haven't built such a system yet, Richard. I do. I just don't like to share it publicly. It might make me look like a bit of a geek. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the ultimate aim, uh, uh, Glenn? Where, where do you want to go with this? Do you want a fully automated house eventually? Yeah, look, at the end of the day... Um, I want to make sure that the mundane tasks are taken care of. Um, you know, I think the, 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 probably one of the biggest tasks that I now have sorted is the front lights because I, I get home at night um, and the wife is already home and the lights aren't on yet. You know, I just like to have that. So that there was, but at the end of the day, it's about triggering, triggering actions based on, on what you do. So if we do come home late at night and it's dark and you open the garage door, it must turn on the light in the lounge so that we you know, have light. The idea is just to automate those little things and i'm sure that as time will go by i'll figure out a lot more so it's going to be quite fun to figure out what else i'm going to be doing but i mean there's guys out there that have 
really went to the next level with with home automation. I mean, the the, the houses tweet out, you know, uh, stats and. Um, you know, they use the echo specifically to give it a command, and 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 the the, the home assistant will say, "Oh, okay, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> this is the the kids will it gives the kids their chores for the day." I mean, you know, and you can you can eventually mount uh, tablets on walls with the house with with uh, statistics like the temperature, you know. And, uh, I mean, I want to eventually do a monitoring of of water consumption and power consumption as well. That that'll be quite fun because yeah. then you can start triggering actions um, based on you know when a particular appliance is is turned on or turned off mm. and stuff like that so really one can go to town with this it's just your imagination is, is your limit I, I don't know why but i've got this image of my head of the movie 2001 a space odyssey where uh, dave got stuck outside the pod bay doors and hell wouldn't let him back in i've just got this image of arriving home to this fully automated house and the system refusing to open the door for me <laughs> <laughs> sorry dan can you're not allowed to go home tonight yeah. You may not enter. Duncan. Yeah, and the thing is, the funny thing is that the echoes are programmed not to actually allow you to unlock your door uh, using a command. It'll tell you no, they don't allow that. Because, oh. I mean, the last thing you need is some guy to come uh, past your house and say, Wake word, open the front door, and then suddenly, <laughs> boom, they let you in. Yeah. yeah. So they actually don't allow that, which is which I Interesting. think is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest, people do use one, two, three, four as their password, and that will happen. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. I agree. <laughs> My password is password, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Well, let's move on. In fact, let's take a quick ad break, uh, and then we're going to get on to this week's news. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you a search engine? Because you found me. I feel we have a strong connection. Well, you're pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Should we drop it like a hot spot and head back to yours so we can show Max and snuggle? Let's get giga with it. Uh, but I don't have fiber. Don't get caught in 50 shades of delay. Broadband your horizons and switch to Vox's super fast, super reliable fiber network. Experience the momentum. Connect your world. Visit us at vox.co.za forward slash fiber. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Glenn? How's it, Rechart? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it? Um, we've uh, had a f- fascinating discussion about uh, the uh, world of uh, home automation and home entertainment. Uh, but it's time to get on to this week's news. And um, luckily, uh, it's a bit of a um, truncated section this week. Um, I'm saying lucky because uh, there wasn't a huge amount going on this week on the news front. Um, but interesting announcement from Terraco, the big data center operator. Uh, they um, have built two big data centers now on the East Rand of Johannesburg. They've got facilities, I think, in Durban, and they definitely have one in Cape Town as well. But they've announced they're going to pump another 1 billion rand into expanding their Isando data center facility uh, out near the airport and here in Johannesburg. Um, they've already invested something like 3 or 4 billion rand in data center infrastructure in South Africa. They're the largest, um, they call themselves, vendor-neutral data center operator in Africa. Uh, and it just shows you how cloud computing has really taken off. And this is an incredible South African success story, this company. Um, I've, um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to go and visit their facilities. I was uh, last there perhaps a year ago when they were busy with an um, expansion of their, um, their Isando data center. But it's an inc- incredibly impressive facility, the scale of it, uh, the amount of electricity going into this facility, the backup generators, um, But they really are a property company at the end of the day. I mean, they're leasing space, racks uh, to Mm. to third parties. They're incredible amount of of fiber going into those buildings. Um, You look at the manhole covers, or you open a manhole cover there and you have a look inside, and it's just incredible to see the amount of telecommunications infrastructure going in there. It must be the most connected place on the continent. Um, you, you realize how, how much in a digital world we live when you see these data centers, when you see them on the inside. And they, there's so many of them, you know, throughout the city and the suburbs too. There's a few popping, yeah. you know, there's a few popping up every every, every uh, few blocks and so on. And it's, you really realize it. Wow, we are living 
in that digital era where we saw in the movies a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I must say, uh, Terraco, you know, Terraco is, is basically the, the data centers where a lot of the internet service providers peer with one another and a lot of the mm. fiber infrastructure providers actually, that is, that is so basically as I'm speaking to you now, all the bits and bytes are traveling to uh, the Terraco center in, uh, in the Great West Fit Building in Newlands and then obviously peer to the IS, to my ISP. It's, it's, just, yeah. uh, it's just amazing. It really yeah. is. These guys have really uh, come a long way since those even mm. oh, 2008, I think, when they started. It's really amazing. Incredible success story, um, and just continuing to invest. And uh, uh, it's, I mean, and we haven't even seen. Um, well, Microsoft is building a data center here in South Africa, strongly rumored to be Liquid Telecom, although there's no uh, official confirmation of that. And of course, Amazon is strongly rumored to be planning to come as well at some point. So um, we're probably just at, still at the fairly early stages of, of this investment into massive data center infrastructure. Um, but yeah, I think we we uh, we don't realize just how much electricity um, the cloud yeah. consumes when you look at these some of these numbers. I think the figure they're talking about when they finish this next build at Terraco is going to be eighty megawatts. Um, it's, it's, it's substantial. Just come ready for this. Do, do they realize what kind of what stuff is coming, and, and they need to be prepared for capacity delivery. Well, uh, chatting to the guys from Terraco, they say they've got a very good working relationship with the Okuruleni municipality, which is the east of Johannesburg. Um, and apparently they, um, they, uh, they've fully committed to this business and they, um, they provide reliable power. Um, but yeah, we do have electricity challenges in South Africa and those, um, I'm sure those generators are there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine those generators must be monsters. Oh, they are uh, absolutely To be able to huge. deliver 80 megawatts of power. I mean, whoa, you can only imagine. I mean, you know, I see the size of the generator that powers our office block at work, you know, yeah. and, and it's now just multiply that by a hundredfold. It's, it must yeah. be just amazing to see. No, I think one of those generators is, is um, almost the size of my house. Uh, to give you an idea of the size, um, no, you, you, you don't really want those things to run, though. That's the other problem, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because and they're they, expensive they, to run. Yeah, expensive to run, and also, I'm sure they're not too friendly on the environment. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of fuel being burnt there. Yeah, no, absolutely, and they have to keep this diesel on site as well, of course, because if the power goes out, they've got to start up immediately. Um, they've got battery backup, which doesn't last all that long, um, and then once the you know, I think the batteries are just there while the while the generators get fired up, and then they've got to run on diesel, um, and uh, they've got vast reservoirs of diesel that they have to store on site. And um, keeping that diesel clean is also a challenge um, because diesel does deteriorate in quality over time. So you've got to swap it out or clean it. Um, it's it's quite a logistical challenge. Um, but yeah, Terraco, but a billion rand further investment, quite a, quite a quite a hell of a story actually. And the other one I wanted to touch, the other story I wanted to touch on this week um, is uh, Telcom. They've announced new low-cost voice bundles for their FreeMe plans, um, their data-led FreeMe plans. And um, these prices are, are really, really aggressive. Um, the, the data, the, the FreeMe um, packages are already amongst the most competitive in the market, uh, certainly from a data perspective. And if you go up to some of the high-end FreeMe packages, you're also getting a lot of voice thrown in as well. Um, but you know, at the, on those lower end packages where you're getting maybe a gigabyte or two gigabytes of data and spending, I don't know, 100, 150 rand a month, you can now uh, add voice bundles to those FreeMe plans, um, and the prices work out to as low as 30 cents a minute on per second billing uh, for a for a voice call under these new plans. Now they are promotional, um, so they may be taken away at some point. They haven't been. Um, officially filed with ICASA, so they're not permanent tariffs, but Telcom hasn't said um, hasn't said w when the promotion is going to end, and I suspect if it's successful, they'll probably keep it. Um, but the VAT-inclusive prices for the bundles are 100 minutes, 40 rand, 200 minutes, 80 rand, 300 minutes, 100 rand, and 500 minutes, 150 rand. And this is to any network. It's not just on-network calls. Yeah. That's pretty aggressive pricing, right, guys? Yeah, no, that, I must say it's, it is impressive. Um, I just did a I just did a little calculation now, and I took the um, the FreeMe two, which is the two gig one, and uh, bolted on say the I think two hundred minutes or something like that. Yeah. And basically, it's coming to the same price that I'm currently paying for 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 my contract with with my uh, uh, network provider. But at the end of the day, I'm getting a lot more value out of out of uh, Telcom. It's just amazing to see how they've how far they've come over the past few years, especially with these FreeMe plans. So are you a, are you a FreeMe customer? No, no, I'm not. I'm still no. with, uh, with, with, the, with the other big red network. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the guys in Midrand. 
<laughs> the, the, Begins the with a V. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and I've been really considering changing um, to, yeah. to telecom. It's, it's, uh, the, I mean, especially data. I mean, I need that data. I'm having yeah. to buy bundles, and it's just, uh, you know. Is coverage still an issue amazing. with telecom? coverage no because it's got it has mtn roaming um so if you can it's not 4g roaming i suspect that's going to come sometime perhaps in the next year uh, especially after celsi announced a 4g roaming agreement with mtn but um you know if you if you drive outside the cities then uh, or even into areas in in this in south africa where uh, in the urban areas where telcom might not have coverage um you'll switch across to mtn yeah, and I must say, MTN's rural coverage is exceptionally good. It and is. I'm, I've been, I've been very, uh, you know, I've been very, imp- you know, where I wouldn't have coverage with 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 Vodacom, I'd, MTN, boom, I, I've got coverage. It's it's really impressive because, you know, especially when I go when we go down to the south coast uh, of KwaZulu Natal for Christmas, and, um, you know, because, and what we decided to do was put up an antenna, um, for internet access and. MTN just came came up tops with that. The others, I mean, Vodacom was virtually non-existent. You know, <laughs> one or two or three megabits. But uh, yeah, no, it's MTN's rural coverage is very good. Yeah, and it's 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 not only three G and two G. There's some quite a bit of four G um, outside the cities now as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been very happy with this service. I must be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I find it. I, I look at these other packages, and, and I, I I am tempted for a lot of reasons, but. You know, there hasn't been a from a from a deliverance in terms of service and just quality. It's it's been very good. Yeah. And obviously, don't forget that Afrio's data collaboration that data is quite cheap if you do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not as competitive as it used to be with some of the prices that are coming into the market now. No, for sure, for sure. But you can manage everything yeah. very nicely with that app, which mm. very few other people still don't have. For sure, for sure. So, Telcom Freemi, uh, uh, definite uh, thumbs up there for those new packages. Let's look at our um, – well, let's move on to our regular features, rather. And, uh, Glenn, I, I, I meant to speak to you before the show. Um, um, I don't know if you have a pick this week, uh, uh, if, you, um, if, you, if you have an app or a, a particular product that you can't do without. Put your thinking cap on while we do our winner and loser of the week section. Um, don't worry. I've come prepared. We've come prepared. Oh, good. <laughs> he, knows, he knows the show. He knows the show. Uh, <laughs> our winner this week is uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who has uh, um, overtaken Warren Buffett to be the world's third richest person um, ahead of um, or just behind uh, uh, Bill Gates and uh, number one is of course Jeff Bezos um, but incredible rise to fortunes for uh, a guy who um, was sitting in a college dorm room not too long ago uh, third richest man in the world um, face, founder of Facebook of course and our loser this week is Kim.com one of the answers in our quiz this week uh, he uh, has been well the, court, the New Zealand court has uh, said that he can be extradited to the U.S. over um, copyright infringement related to his uh, website megaupload.com. Uh, he has indicated that he's going to appeal that to a higher court. Um, but uh, troubling time, I think, for, for Kim.com. Why has he not bought uh, Ireland with all his money and just kind of cut himself off from the world? That's probably going to be the best solution, right? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he made a fortune from that site. And, uh, yeah, so that's our winner and loser of the week. Um, Richard, what's your pick this week? So I've been playing with a cool little app called Hollow. Um, I'm sure you've seen some videos around floating around the Internet um, and social media with people inserting, like, a VR image or a VR character into their photos and video. Uh, so Hollow is one of the apps that allow you to do that. Um, and it's got a quite a nice library of funny and serious and all random kind of uh, AR um, characters um, and as you would expect from any decent AR um, app uh, you know the, the scale and the size of, of the character as you move around is pretty good but um, yeah it's fun it's fun to see what people can do with um, you know some clever technology and, and AR being one of them using your camera everybody's got a camera on their phone and you know you can create some cool social media shareable uh, videos it's available for um, Android and uh, um, the Mac Sorry, it's available iPhone. for Android and iPhone, yeah. And it's H-O-L-L-O-W, is it? No, H-O-L-O. Oh, hollow. Okay, hollow. as in hollow lens. Hollow uh, Okay, yeah. all right, cool, cool. Um, we'll include a link to that in, in the show notes. Glenn, what have you got? Um, I'm going to pick the Amazon Echo Spot. And um, those who don't know what it is, it basically looks like a little ball, but it's it's got a little circular uh, display on it. 
And the intention with this device that Amazon brought out in December uh, last year was to replace the good old alarm clock that one typically has on your nightstand. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, I've had an alarm clock that and – and the alarm clock itself really hasn't had any love in terms of technology uh, since its inception. I mean, you know, you can tell it to, to go off at a certain time and either buzzer or, or the radio, and that's pretty much it, you know. So, mm. you know, in, in, in this day and age where we need to be able to uh, – Set uh, these things to wake us up at certain days of the week or certain times of the week. So on a Tuesday and a say so on, on a Monday and a Thursday, we need to wake up at five thirty instead of um, six fifteen, for instance. You know, you just can't do that with traditional clocks, and um, the spot just hands down gets that right. And um, it really, I don't, I don't touch it. It just works. You know, so I've set it up so that it, set, it wakes us up depending on which day of the week we need to be woken up earlier. Uh, the radio comes on. It streams uh, from, from uh, TuneIn, and, uh, and it's great. And, of course, you can tell it to do stuff too, which is really yeah, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not officially like, available in South Africa, unfortunately. No, no, but, not, uh, a, not officially available, but it, it works really well. There are und means. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick a book this week for the first time in ages. Um, uh, I'm only a third of the way through, through it, so uh, just a little caveat there. But I um, am absolutely loving it. It's called Homo Deus. It came out a few years ago. Um, the full title is Homo Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow. Um, and it's written by a historian, I think based in Israel now, uh, by the name of Yuval Noah Harari. Um, he is probably more famous for writing the book Sapiens, which I haven't read, um, but I suspect I'll be reading it after I finish this book because it is so good. Uh, he just basically looks at the humanity's near future and where we're likely to be going and what technology is going to do to society and, and to us and to our bodies. And um, and, and it's, it's really brilliantly researched and written, um, looking at both our, the history of, of, of humankind and speculating on where we might be going, he talks about the um, the fact that I mean, talks about things like the the uh, the end of war, the end of famine, um, and the, the fact that all of this has happened just in the in the last hundred years or less in 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 the case of war, for example. But certainly, you've got less, you've got more chance now, as he points out, of of dying of of obesity than than dying in a war or in a criminal attack. Um, and this was never the case in the past. Um, people are dying of cancer now. In the past, they died of the Black Plague or the Spanish flu or whatever it happened to be. But really, really well-researched uh, book. I'm not doing it justice, I know, here in this description. Um, but it's one of the best books I've read in a while. Um, again, I've only read a third of it, but I'm expecting the rest of it to be just as just as entertaining and just as insightful. So a highly, highly recommended book, Homo Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow by Yuval Noah Harari. Great read. And I think that's our show this week, apart from our uh, quiz results. Um, let me uh, find the right piece of paper here in front of me. Um, oh, there we go. I've got so much paper in front of me today. So I really, mm-hmm. you, you think I've got three or four screens in front of me that I wouldn't need paper. But uh, I, still... I was just going to comment on that, but I thought, <laughs> let, me, let me not. <laughs> digital, digital Duncan to the rescue. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what. I always want these show notes, notes on paper because I'm scribbling notes on, on them all the time while you guys talk. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, writing down questions and I suppose if I'm typing on the keyboard you're going to hear the clacking clacking on the podcast which won't be so great so instead you'll get the shuffle shuffle of the paper (laughs) (laughs) let me do the first question which US wireless smart speaker company this week announced plans for an initial public offering and that is Sonos the second question a New Zealand court this week said that founder of megaupload.com could be extradited to the US who is he and the answer there is kim.com and which African country has started taxing Internet users to access Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms? How utterly stupid. Uh, the answer there is Uganda. The fourth question. Vodacom this weekend showed off uh, the capabilities of 5G technology at which sporting event? And that is the Durban July. And the last question in this week's quiz. Telecommunications infrastructure player Fiberco has announced plans to build fiber into towns along its national fiber routes. Which town is it targeting first? And that is... Kroenstadt in the Northern Free State. I was actually there recently, um, briefly. <laughs> um, great. Nice. Well, that's our uh, that's our show this week. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you are welcome back on the show anytime. So uh, just uh, shout if you uh, if you've got something, maybe an update on on your home automation projects, or you just feel like hanging out with us with us guys on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you are most welcome to join us anytime. 
Yeah, well, thank you very much for the invite. Uh, it was really great to be on the show. And uh, that's at Glenn Verin on, uh, on, on Twitter, right? On Twitter, yeah. yeah. Although I haven't tweeted like in years, but hey, I'm, I'm still on the uh-huh. Twitter sphere. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lurker, are you? <laughs> I find myself lurking more and more on Twitter myself, actually. Um, it's a great source of information, but uh, oh, yeah. um, I, I, I'm not tweeting as much as I used to. Um, yeah, I'm more active on Facebook than on Twitter, though. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not, not Instagram TV then either, yeah? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and Snap. snap Snapchat and oh, uh, all the rest oh. of them. <laughs> not in the right demographic for that, are you? Definitely not. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I'm getting too old. <laughs> your, your home automation stuff could, could, could make for some good Instagram TV content. Uh, think about oh, it. Probably could, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of guys. All your, all your hacks and tricks so could be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You can even do that on Facebook these days, too. <laughs> yeah, live stream and everything is really cool. <laughs> yeah, you can even put bunny ears on your head while you're doing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's more Snapchat. Um, yeah. Right, before this descends into any more uh, uh, lack of seriousness, let's end the show right here. Uh, as always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a voice note. Tell us what you're doing in the home automation space. What does your home entertainment system look like? Um, what have you done? What do you think of Glenn? What is Glenn is doing? What do you think of the NVIDIA Shield? Tell us all about it on 071 If you make it a voice note, we can include it in the next show. And and if you prefer the old school way of getting in touch, info at techcentral.co.za is our email address. Until next Sunday, from Rehart, Glenn and myself, Duncan, cheers. Ciao, ciao. Cheers, Zach.